Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's the Game Week 12 preview where I'm going to go through the latest injury news and then answer some of your questions as well. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already, and let's jump into it. So I'm just going to go through the latest injury news, and this is more to give you a bit of a heads up because we will hear from most of the Premier League managers again tomorrow to get the latest information ahead of the deadline. And I will cover that in the final thoughts video on Friday, but this could still be useful to know now, and it's going to stop you making early transfers as well. So the first bit of news, Matty Cash is available for Aston Villa's European game on Thursday. That's obviously a good sign that he would then be available for game week 12 against Fulham at home. So anyone that wanted to keep him, this is looking like pretty good news. We'll have to wait and see how many minutes he gets on Thursday and what Unai Emery says, but that's looking good. Uh, the next bit of news is from Arsenal. So Eddie Nketiah wasn't even in the squad for their Champions League game yesterday. He's got an ankle knock. Now, if you've already made that early transfer, you're just going to have to wait and see what Arteta says on Friday. And if he passes him fit, happy days. If not, I don't know if you need to remove him straight away, but I'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow once I've heard from Arteta. Either way, if you're thinking about bringing Nketiah in early, do not do it. Wait until closer to the deadline. And also, Saka went off with a bit of a knock. There was a couple of journalists um, talking about this. One said, Saka comes onto the pitch at full time and high-fives some teammates, still limping. Asked by Ben White what the issue is, um, or it seems like Ben White asked what the issue is, and Saka pointed to his left foot. Good thing is, no ice on it, and he didn't go straight down the tunnel for treatment. So it might just be kind of an impact thing, which means he's going to be fine for the weekend. But again, we're going to have to wait and see what Arteta says. Initially, after the game, he said it was just a kick, and I was told by the physios he wasn't happy to continue. I want to assume he will be okay. Now, there is a clip going around on Twitter about when Saka got that knock, and it didn't look like a kick to me, so I'm not quite sure what happened. But again, hopefully we'll get an update. Either way, it's another game week where we're not quite sure whether Saka is going to play or not, but definitely don't bring him in until you hear more. Um, and last bit of news... 
Deserby says that Estrepinian is in contention to play some part versus Ajax on Thursday. So again, obviously today, Brighton have got a Europa League uh, match. Lamptey is still ruled out. So they are still struggling with that left-back spot. Now, however many minutes Estrepinian gets tonight, it's still going to be difficult, I would say, for him to start the game against Sheffield United. But... He's then got two weeks off over the international break, unless he gets called up to international duty, possibly. But I guess if he plays in those games, it shows that he's fit anyway. So either way, start thinking about when you might want Estrepinian back and who you're going to sell to get him. So this kind of coincides nicely with Matty Cash. Yes, Estrepinian's got a great fixture against Sheffield United this week. But if you wanted to keep Cash, you could then sell him before he plays Spurs and get Estrepinian in game week 13 before he plays Nottingham Forest. So this is really good news because I think... When he is fully fit, he is going to play the majority of games at left-back, just like he did before, because his main backup is Lamptey. That guy is always injured as well, and we know how attacking Estupinian uh, can be, so much so that because of his price and the lack of other kind of defender options at the moment, I'd almost forego the lack of clean sheets from Brighton. So, yeah, cash back should be fine. Estupinian getting very close, sack a potential knock, and then Ketia out of last night's match. We'll have to see if he's available for the weekend. All right, let's get into some of your questions. So who are the best long-term defenders at under 5 million? Now, I know the question says under 5, but there's a couple of defenders that are just a little bit more expensive that are worth covering as well. Plus, people ask me to talk about defenders in general. And if you think you've heard enough about defenders from me this week, then I've put chapters on YouTube so you can skip to the next section uh, if you want to. Now, in terms of long-term, I would say that's probably 6 to 8 game weeks. Some people might say it's 4 to 6. Either way, I don't think there's a perfect defender that fits that kind of price point and has good fixtures all the way through or they just don't play for a great defensive team so there's always a slight problem so i'm going to talk through a bunch of them and you'll have to decide which weeks you need them to cover based on the defenders you've already got okay so if you're looking under five million for the next four game weeks right i think you're really looking at crystal palace or arsenal obviously gabrielle at um, Arsenal is less than 5 million so less than Saliba but there are some slight risks that every now and again he might get benched I don't think it's going to happen that often but I also can't guarantee that either um, with Crystal Palace you've obviously got Anderson at 5.1 but you can get Mitchell or Gay for 4.6 they are the two that I would look at and their next uh, four fixtures are Everton at home Luton away West Ham away Bournemouth at home I think given that they're such a good defense you could easily just play them in all four of those game weeks. But then you run into Liverpool at home, Man City away, Brighton at home, Chelsea away, Brentford at home, Arsenal away. All of a sudden, they got really bad fixtures, I would say, for clean sheets. So they're not really a long-term pick, but for the next four game weeks, they look good. With Arsenal, obviously, I've, I've talked about Gabriel already. If you can squeeze to 5.2 million, and I've said a few times this week, Saliba might go up to 5.3 soon. Uh, he is the better option. Next four looking pretty good. Burnley at home. Brentford away maybe a bit tougher than Wolves at home. Luton away. But like Crystal Palace, after those four games, it does get a bit tricky, but not for quite such a long period. So they got Villa away, Brighton at home, Liverpool away from game week 16 to 18. And you might think, well, I'll just bench them. But game week 18 is a blank. If you've got an Arsenal defender, unless the rest of your squad looks great, you're probably going to have to play them. The good news is, if you're looking longer term than that, the fixtures then get really good. They've got West Ham at home, Fulham away, Palace at home, Forest away. So I would say given the strength of Arsenal's defence, and it's only really three fixtures from now until game week 22, that is a pretty good long-term pick. And if you could squeeze to Saliba's price, he is definitely the one that I would get. I wouldn't completely write off someone like Ben White, but for 5.7 million, that just feels a bit expensive when you can get Saliba for half a million 
uh, less. If we look at the other defenders I've kind of noted down here, I wouldn't completely rule out Fabian share because with Lascelles, you're hoping that Botman stays out. With Liveramento, you're hoping that he continues to play right back and Lewis Hall doesn't play. And look, they're much cheaper and they could be worth the risk. But with Fabian share at 5.2 like Saliba, you've got someone that's absolutely nailed on. And as a good long-term option, they're not too bad. But again, it depends what you feel or how you feel the Chelsea at home, Man United at home fixtures, Spurs away in 16 are from a defensive point of view. I just, I don't know, as someone that doesn't own Newcastle players and can't get to Trippier, I just feel like I should probably just ignore them. But given how good they can be, maybe that's incorrect. So they've got Bournemouth away this week, back-to-back home games against Chelsea and Man United, Everton away in 15, Spurs away in 16. Then they've got that little run either side of the blank and in blank game week 18 of Fulham at home, Luton away, Forest home, which is pretty nice. Then they've got another three games that aren't great. Man City, uh, sorry, Liverpool away, Man City home, Villa away. That's 20, 21, and 22. And then they've got another three good fixtures. So that is a player that I think could be pretty reliable. Good defense, nailed on, decent goal threat. And although they haven't got perfect fixtures, which you're just not going to find, right? You're not going to find a run of 10 games where the defender is great every single week. Um, I think that's a pretty good option. If you want to risk it, you go for Lascelles. Hopefully, Eddie Howe will give us a time frame on Botman tomorrow but i wouldn't hold out your hopes on that happening um so that's newcastle covered as well um i think west ham is a defense that not many of us have talked about and i think the reason for that is because a lot of us own areola and we're not sure about doubling up on the west ham defense and they're a bit of a tricky one to look at because the underlying stats are really bad but the fixtures are pretty good so are those fixtures going to make that defense better i would like to think it would and if you look at their short-term fixtures, they've got Forest at home this week, Burnley away in 13, Palace at home in 14, tricky away game to Spurs in 15, then it's Fulham away, Wolves at home, not too bad. Then it's Man United at home, Arsenal away, Brighton at home. So again, like all the other teams I've talked about, another three game week period, which are maybe a bit trickier for clean sheets. Then it's Sheffield United away, Bournemouth at home in 21-22. Then they play Man United and Arsenal again. So it's really going to come down to when you need them to cover. Like I look at West Ham, for example... Someone like Sofal for 4.6 could be nice, but the best fixtures are really in the next three game weeks, and Crystal Palace defence is better. Now, Sofal might be a bit more attacking than Mitchell or Gay, but I would probably back the clean sheets for Crystal Palace instead. And when Palace's fixtures get bad, it's kind of a similar period to when it happens for West Ham as well, and I'm just not sure if you've got Ariola, it's worth doubling up. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't mind the Sofal pick, but I'm not massively keen on it not over crystal palace um chelsea like colwell for example uh has played every single game he did get subbed at half time against spurs wasn't a great game for him i would say in that first half but he overall his starts are looking pretty good but in the short term the fixtures just aren't great you're not really going to want to buy him until game week 16 and that's when the fixtures get really good again so he's someone to think about in the long term but probably not to buy right now. Uh, don't laugh at this, but Man United in the short term, not bad either. Wambasaka played, I mean, played all right for some of the game last night. In general, Man United just collapsed again. It was absolutely ridiculous. I don't want to get into that. But they got Luton at home, Everton away next two. Newcastle away in 14, more difficult. Uh, it's Chelsea at home in 15. So you probably want to bench them for both of those games. But then it's Bournemouth at home in 16. You'd want to bench for Liverpool away in 17. Then it's West Ham away, Villa at home, Forest away. You know, game weeks 22 to 25 are Wolves away, West Ham at home, Villa away, which is tough, I guess. Luton away, Fulham at home, etc. So, again, you've got, 
like a cheap enough option that should be pretty nailed. Like he might miss the odd game when Dallow plays right back and Regan on left back, but Man United are a better defence with Wambasaka in there. And they've got a lot of good fixtures from now until kind of game week's 26, but there is always going to be the odd ones where you can't play them. So without kind of rambling on about every single defender in the game, I think I'd be looking at Crystal Palace for the next four. Arsenal, if you can afford it, to go up to Saliba instead or even Gabriel and just take that risk. I would prefer Arsenal over Crystal Palace, definitely. But if you've already got Arsenal, then look at Palace. Otherwise, Newcastle are always a good bet. Um, and yeah, West Ham, I just think with Ariola. Like, I kind of put Pau Torres on the graphic as well. But I'm not completely sure about Aston Villa because like, you play them this week, you play them in 14, but then you don't really want to play them again until 18. And obviously, the one to keep an eye on is Estupinio because I know they haven't had the clean sheets, but he's only 5 million. Is Forrest away in 13? Chelsea away in 14, maybe not great. You could bench him. Brentford at home, Burnley at home, 15 and 16, good. Arsenal away in 17, bad. Crystal Palace away in 18, the blank, not bad. Spurs at home in 19, but then it's West Ham away, Wolves at home, Luton away, Palace at home. Then in 24, it's Spurs away. And look, this is a long way away. Loads of things will happen by then. But then you've got Sheffield United away, Everton at home, Fulham away, Forrest at home. So Burn at Brighton, sorry, from kind of game weeks 12 all the way up until 28. I've only really got Chelsea away, Arsenal away, Spurs at home. That I'd be and Spurs away, sorry. Four games from now until 28, where I'd be worried about, not worried about, but wouldn't want to play Estupinian. So if he's fit, he's the one at five million that I really want. In terms of the predicted points on Fantasy Football Hub, which you can check using the link in the description below, um, you can check different positions and prices. So I'm going to put this down to 5.5 million. And their top picks are Estupinian, just talked about. Kyle Walker, definitely someone to think about because of the potential double in game week 20. But Chelsea away, Liverpool at home, Spurs at home next three. I'm not sure about clean sheets there. Plus they blank in 18. Fabian Cher, like I said, do like him. Anderson, but I would just pay less money for Gay or Mitchell instead. Saliba, Porro is worth thinking about. But there are rumours going around that he hasn't trained or has missed some training this week. So we need to wait and see what Ange Postacoglu says. Plus, they're going to be missing Udogi, Romero, and Van der Ven next game anyway. And then you've got Man United defenders. And of course, Lewis Dunk. If you want that nailed-on player for Brighton's fixtures, he is the one to get. So, yeah. You need to look at your own team. Use a planner like the My Team Tour on Fantasy Football Hub. And just look which weeks you need to cover a defender and who's got good fixtures from the teams I've just talked about. But I'm going to leave it there because that's nearly 10 minutes on defenders. And I've already talked about them a lot this week. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So what are my thoughts on using free hit in game week 12? Maybe target some Man United, Brighton and Arsenal players for one week. Now, if you're thinking about using the chip, there's a few things to consider. One of which is, of course, will there be better game weeks to use it in? And I'll cover that later. You also have to be happy with the team you're going to get back after you free hit. So if you use it in game week 12, for example, the team you have in game week 13 will be the exact same one you had in game week 11. So any problems you've got, that you're just not dealing with because you're going to free hit instead, you then got to deal with them in game week 13. So if there's a bunch of players you don't like and you're avoiding transferring them out, you've got to transfer them out in game week 13 instead. And of course, the players you're bringing in on the free hit 
are they worth just holding on to long term anyway in which case you could transfer out some of those bad players and bring in some of these players that you want to target so for example right with man united okay maybe you do just want to target Luton at home and then not have them afterwards that's fair enough but with arsenal burnley at home is great but then they've got brentford away wolves at home Luton away i don't think any of those fixtures are that bad for an attacker or even a defender as well so if you haven't got arsenal players yeah, okay, great. Bring in three of them for Burnley at home, but you'd also like them afterwards. So maybe it's better to not use the chip and just transfer them in instead. So I don't think game week 12 is a particularly good week. And if you think about how a lot of squads are set up right now, let's say you've got double or triple Spurs. I get it, right? You want to get rid of them because of the injuries and stuff like that. But most of those injuries and suspensions have not gone away by game week 13. So then you're going to have to deal with those Spurs players. Oh, look, maybe Madison's out for one week or something like that. He probably won't be. But let's say he is, then okay, you free hit him out, you get him back. But I still think it would just be better to transfer him to a Saka if he's fit or a Martinelli or something like that. Most people have already got Villa players, so you're not really gaining anything from getting their Fulham players. And I just don't think tripling up on Brighton for Sheffield United at home is enough reason to free hit. And plus, there probably will be better weeks to use it in. So for example, game week 18 is a blank. It's not about, with the free hit, it's not always about the total score you get in that particular game week you use it in. It's also about the points you gain either side. So in game week 18, Man City and Brentford will blank. Now, if you're going to free hit, you can load up on those players and not worry about it. And if we look at the fixtures for Man City before and after, they got Lewin away, Palace at home before, and then Everton away and a possible double in 20 afterwards. So holding them through could be pretty handy. And it's the similar reason with, oh, sorry, similar thing with Brentford. If you wanted like an Imbermo, maybe Flecken, maybe one of their defenders, they got Luton at home, Brighton away, Sheffield United away, Villa at home four game weeks before the blank. Then they got Wolves at home in 19, possible double in 20, and then Forest at home in 21. So although I don't think many people are going to free hit in 18, I definitely think it's a better week than game week 12 you've got a blank game week in game week 29 which is a lot long way away right but the chip could be useful and even if you don't use it that week because you dead end into it and then you wild card afterwards it could come in handy for one of the double game weeks maybe in game weeks 34 or 37 now there is a bit more detail to go into for that because if you haven't used your bench boost you need to find a week to use that as well but overall i just don't see any benefit really for most teams in using it in game week 12 you've got to think about will there be better week will some of the players i want to target just be worth transferring in and am i going to be happy with that team i'm getting rid of the week afterwards and i think in most cases probably not so should we bring in anthony gordon to attack the home fixtures in big games while he has the potential to play striker now we did see in the champions league game against dortmund that wilson went off at half time uh, with a knock and it was gordon that played through the middle so if wilson is out for bournemouth that is probably where i would expect gordon to play but obviously longer term Isaac's going to return after the international break wilson might be back as well so i don't know how many minutes he's going to get there but in general i think for 5.7 million or below Gordon is probably the best midfield option. If you're not taking anything else into account, 5.7 or below, Gordon is probably the one that I would go for. Someone like Cole Palmer, who I own, is 0.8 million cheaper. So that might be useful for an upgrade elsewhere. And obviously he has penalties as well. So it's not that Gordon's the only option, but if you're not factoring in anything else, you don't need that 0.8 million for another move. Gordon is the one that I would get. And also, I think his minutes are really good right now because if Wilson and Isaac are out, he can play number nine. Barnes is out as well. So either way, Gordon is going to play most matches. So all that is good. But I don't think 
he suddenly become essential or anything like that. I feel like he's starting to get talked about as though he's got to come into our teams. If you need to make a midfield swap because you've got an injury or there's just someone you want to get rid of, then definitely consider him and the fact that he's a nice cheap price. But I wouldn't be looking at it and seeing Bournemouth away, Chelsea at home, Man United, and I've got to have him, right? So that's kind of my general viewpoint. Also, this thing about playing number nine, like my question would be, does that make him a better FPL option? I'm not convinced it does. I know with Son... We all love him playing number nine, but he's very good in that position. And we've seen that plenty of times before. We've got a bit of information to go on. I think sometimes when you get players that usually play wide to then ask them to play number nine, it's not necessarily a benefit. I'm not saying it makes him a worse option. I think he's still great for 5.7. I just don't know if it makes him better. So if Wilson and Isaac were out for a long time, would that suddenly make me think I've got to have Gordon because he's playing number nine? Not really. I don't think it's the same situation that it is with Son. But he's less than six million. He's still a great um, purchase. In terms of the fixtures, like I've just said, it's Bournemouth away, Chelsea at home, Man United at home. It's Everton away in 15, Spurs away in 16, Fulham at home in 17, Luton away in 18. I don't think there's anything uh, to worry about too much there for Newcastle in terms of attack. And also, Gordon's underlying numbers are pretty good so far. 0.35 expected goals per 90, 0.15 expected assists. He is just an all-round good option. He's not essential, and I'm not fully convinced it's better that he plays number nine. But I just think all-round for that money, you can't go too wrong. So yeah, if you need a new midfielder in and around that price, I would definitely look at him. So you previously said the wildcard in game week 19 looks best. Has that changed? And the short answer is no, not really. It would be nice if the double in game week 20 was confirmed. It hasn't been yet, but James from Planet FPL and Ben Credin on Twitter are still pretty confident that is when it will be. And the reason that that confirmation would be nice is because that's one of the advantages to wildcarding so late. But also, you don't have to worry about blank game week 18 so much either. So if you've got, you know, double or triple up on Man City, then in Burmo, maybe one other Brentford player... As long as you haven't got loads of value tied up in them, you can easily just sell them in game week 18, then wildcard them back in afterwards. Whereas a lot of us are now having to think about, okay, how many of those players will we have? Do we have players in our squad to cover that as well? So there are still lots of advantages to go in that late. Obviously, all the usual caveats apply. If you need it sooner because your team just looks awful, you've got seven or eight big issues and you're going to get a bunch of points before game week 19 by wildcarding now, then you absolutely can. But I would say that most people can probably deal with the situation they've got in their squads at the moment for the next few weeks without having to use a wildcard. But obviously, that is going to be team dependent. There are some fixture swings in game week 16 for like uh, Chelsea, for example. But I think for a lot of people now, you're just managing game weeks 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. So the next six game weeks, you can dead end into 18. So that means just sell some of the players that are blanking. And then you wildcard afterwards. Even if, for some reason, that double doesn't get confirmed, you're still wildcarding pretty much as late as possible, which gives you an advantage for the next period after that. And if you can get through the next few weeks, I think that all looks pretty good. The last week that you can use the wildcard is game week 20. The reason that 19 looks better is if that double happens in game week 20, you're probably going to want to triple Captain Harden. At least you want to leave that option open. So that's why... Uh, lots of people are talking about wildcard in game week 19 the only thing i'll say about it and i'm not i'm sure most people realize by now but the game week 18 deadline is the 21st of december we got one match that day one match on the 22nd most of them are on the 23rd of december we've also got chelsea uh, sorry wolves versus chelsea on christmas eve then you've got christmas day on the 25th 
And then the Game Week 19 deadline is Boxing Day, the 26th of December. So the day after Christmas Day. So I don't think that's a huge issue because for the most part, people know the large majority of the squad they want anyway. But just bear in mind, you might be thinking about your wildcard on Christmas Day, which might not be uh, that fun. But without factoring that in, Game Week 19, I still think probably looks like the best time if you haven't already used it. It doesn't look like you majorly need it now. So is it worth looking at Eze for the next four weeks and then switching to Palmer when Chelsea's fixtures turn? And I would say that is definitely something to look at. Yeah, I think Crystal Palace's fixtures for the next four game weeks are pretty good. I'm looking at Edouard myself. I don't know if I'm going to buy him yet, but I definitely like the look of the Crystal Palace fixtures. Um, so as we discussed when we were talking about defenders, it's Everton at home, Luton away, West Ham away, Bournemouth at home. All looks pretty good for an attacker. What you have with Eze is someone that's absolutely nailed on when fit, takes all the set pieces, should be on penalties as well, likes to shoot. And he's only 6.1 million now, so that is a pretty nice price. And I think he's one of those that if by game week 16 you didn't have that transfer to move on to someone else, it wouldn't be the end of the world to have to keep him for Liverpool at home, Man City away, Brighton at home, given that his minutes are great, all those set pieces, all that stuff I just talked about. So for 6.1 million, I do think he's a nice option. I don't think that anyone who already owns Palmer should necessarily be buying Eze if you're then just going to buy uh, Palmer back. That doesn't feel a great use of two transfers. I've actually looked at that myself. Instead of getting Eduard, I could do uh, Jao Pedro to Archer and then Palmer to Eze and just go back to 3-5-2. I have thought about that, but like in the question, Chelsea's fixtures do get good, and I think he's such a good price that you are going to want him back. So if you've got Palmer, I wouldn't sell him. I guess there is a discussion to be had about whether or not just to get Palmer now and save yourself a transfer down the line. I don't think Brighton at home and Man United away in 14 and 15 are that bad for Chelsea. Man City at home and Newcastle away are quite a bit tougher. But as always, there's a million pound difference. What can you do with that money in the meantime? If having Palmer is slightly worse than Eze, but that million elsewhere is a much better upgrade, it might be worth just ignoring Eze for now. But generally, I think he's a really good short-term pick massive differential really nice price for what he offers yeah i think Eze is great i'm going to leave that one there if you enjoyed it make sure to give it a like hit that subscribe button if you ha- if you're listening on podcasts i should say uh, make sure to rate five stars as well and i'll catch you tomorrow for final thoughts sports social podcast network